and I've entitled it, I'm going through it. And that's a phrase that you hear in different ways. You ask somebody, how are you going? They go, oh, I'm going through it. Uh, that kind of comment. But I want to flip that. And instead of, a, oh, I'm going through it, to say, I am going through it. Uh, a declaration of purpose, of victory, of expectation, of faith. And in this theme of I'm going through it, we're going to be dealing with the 23rd Psalm, as I mentioned. Our stress and anxiety levels are, are high in our modern day society. But this whole COVID-19 thing has just added another layer. And I think in the coming weeks and months, while we've dealt with the initial impact of it, those underlying stress issues, the incredible amount of change that we've had to embrace and done it well, but it brings another level of anxiety, of worry. We've had a change uh, to the, the changing landscape, all the uncertainty that is around us. We've had to solve new problems and deal with life differently. And, and then for many, there's been disappointments. I know people who've wanted to get married and either had to delay it or go ahead with a minimal number of guests and all the plans, all the celebrations delayed for later. Some of us have experienced setbacks and perhaps for many, some real pain and loss in the situation. But instead of saying, oh, I'm going through it, I want you to make it a catch cry, maybe even put it into the comments. I am going through it, a determination, a decision. David in Psalm 23 addresses several sources of stress and anxiety, revealing God as the antidote. And it's God's desire for you to go through things in life and be better equipped to be strengthened, to have greater hope and expectation, not to be exhausted and drained and shattered by it. No matter how big the initial impact on us is, God wants you to go through it. Psalm 23 and verse 4, David says, Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me. I want you to notice that even though I walk through, he says, I'm in a valley, but it's not going to become a grave. I'm in a valley, but it's not going to be a dead end. I'm in a valley, but I'm not going to camp here. I'm going to get through this. I am going through it. J.J. Stuart Perona, Anglican Bishop, said this, there is no psalm in which the absence of all doubt, misgiving, fear and anxiety is so remarkable. You, you read many of the psalms and one of the things I love about the psalms is that they are so real. They talk about David's struggle or one of the other psalmists, that their sense of hopelessness and always comes to a point of praise. Always the psalm turns and gets redirected towards God. But this psalm just begins with the Lord is my shepherd. And there's no anxiety. There's no fear. There's no doubt. There's just this complete rest in the fact that David has discovered God as his shepherd, the good shepherd. Let's just talk a little bit about the moment for a moment. Why do I worry? And because worry just adds a level of stress and pressure in our lives. We worry about money, about jobs, relationships, and all of these things are part of the human condition. It's understandable. 
This is not a guilt trip. I'm just trying to address something significant sometimes. And it could be you right there worrying about your marriage, worrying about your kids that you may have been disconnected from or isolated from in some way. Some people this morning deal with health issues that are causing anxiety and fear. But there's three things about worry that we actually need to acknowledge. And it's important. Number one, it never solves anything. I have, over the years, at times, been caught up in incredible anxiety, worrying about something, about a circumstance, about a difficult relationship or whatever the case may be. And with all my worrying, the worrying never solved it. It just added another level of burden. And we can worry as much as we want, but it doesn't change anything. It can't change the past. It can't control the future. And all it does is make us miserable today. Can't change the past. Can't shape the future. Just makes you miserable today. That's what worry does. It never solves anything. Secondly, it's usually unreasonable. Somehow this seed of anxiety, worry gets into our mind, captures our imagination. And we've all done it where our brain begins to paint the worst possible scenario. And only very, very, very occasionally is that the reality. Mostly the things we worried about never turned out as bad as we thought they might, as our imagination told us to. And I think we all know that worry is actually unhealthy. And in all of God's creation, we as human beings are the only ones who worry. Did a little bit of research and the old English word for worry literally means to strangle or to choke something. And you felt that. If you got caught up in anxiety and worry, whatever it is about that you're anxious or worried about, it begins to choke you. It begins to choke life out of you. It almost begins to take your breath away. It's a worry. Uh, squeezes the very life out of you. And God doesn't want that. He wants you to have an abundant life. Jesus asks a really great question. He doesn't condemn us for our worry, but he speaks to it. And in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 27, he says, So which one of you, by worrying, can add anything to your life? The questions of Jesus are sometimes uncomfortable, but they're always illuminating. And when you think about it, with all the anxiety, all the worry, do you add anything to your life by living in that state? And the answer, of course, is no. Definitely. It actually diminishes. It takes away something from our life. And so again, this catch cry, I'm going through it. Yeah, there are things that would make me worry or anxious, but I'm actually not going to get stuck in that. I am going through it. You see, God's not worried. Nothing in our world catches him by surprise. I love a group uh, called House Fires. And they've got a song that I've been listening to quite a bit called, I Will Give Thanks. And I'm not going to sing it to you. And I'm not even going to read the whole thing to you. Thank God for small mercies, you may say. But one of the lines says, God's not worried. So why should I worry? God's not worried. So why should I worry? It's not like God 
who's dealt with humanity for uh, thousands and thousands of years suddenly looks at you and your situation and thinks, I have no idea how to help them. God's not worried. He's got a plan for you. He's got a way forward. You are going to go through it. God's not worried, so why should I worry? God knows what I need is the declaration out of that song. And if we're really honest, worry is actually a sin. It's a symptom of unbelief. And again, don't let that condemn you. Just let that inspire you. Well, I don't want to live in this place. It's a lack of trust. And Jesus doesn't condemn us for our anxiety. He speaks into it. Again, Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 and 26. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Jesus speaking. This is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough. Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns. For your heavenly father feeds them. And then he asks such a great question. He says, aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? You see, one of the antidotes to anxiety and worry is to understand that God cares and loves you. He holds you in the palm of his hands. He's not going to let you go. And that's why you can make the declaration, I am going through this situation. I'm not going to get bogged down in it. So let's come back to what David talks about. He says, the Lord is my shepherd, my shepherd. And maybe you just want to tag that in the conversation, in the comments. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need, David says. Now the translation says, I will lack for nothing. Psalm 23 is an intensely personal psalm. The psalmist not observing somebody else's experience, somebody else's relationship with God. David is telling us about his relationship with God. And in the psalm, there's 17 times in these six short verses where he uses I, my, or me, or him and you speaking directly to God. It's a psalm that's filled with comments about a relationship with God. And I want to say to you that religion will not help you. Religion will not get rid of your stress or your anxiety. Religion will not get you through it. A relationship with Jesus, the good shepherd, will get you through things. No matter what you're facing in life, no matter what the circumstance, Jesus can be your good shepherd who will lead you through the valley that you're dealing with. Let me just comment very briefly on some of the things that shepherds do. And we're going to visit this again, most of these concepts in the next few weeks as we deal with the psalm. But the first thing is a shepherd protects the sheep. A good shepherd provides and a good shepherd guides and corrects. Let me just comment on those one by one. Firstly, a good shepherd provides. A good shepherd provides food, water, shelter. The Apostle Paul, writing from prison with a death sentence hanging over his head, about to be executed, says this, I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need that you have. 
For I have seen the abundant riches of glory revealed to me through the anointed one, Jesus Christ. I love that. I am convinced, Paul says, that my God will fully satisfy every need that you have. And I want to speak that over you. I want to declare it over you. I'm prophesying that over your life, your circumstances today, that my God, I am convinced that my God will fully satisfy every need that you have. So a shepherd provides. Secondly, a shepherd protects. He defends against all enemies that the sheep have and protects them from harm. Psalm 144, verse 1 to 2, the psalmist celebrates God, the good shepherd, with these words. He says, there's only one strong, safe and secure place for me. It is in God alone and I love him. He is the one who gives me strength and skill for the battle. He's my shelter of love and my fortress of faith. And I love this. He wraps himself around me as a secure shield. Perhaps that's a verse you can learn, whatever translation you want to learn it in. The essence of it is the same. But listen to this. There's only one strong, safe and secure place for me. And it's in God alone. And I love him for it. And if you get into that place, you'll go through things. You'll discover that literally God wraps himself around your life and becomes your shield, your strength, your deliverer, your healer, your provider, your mighty God in a time of trouble. The third thing is a shepherd guides. He provides, he protects, he guides. And he leads his sheep when they're confused and they don't know which way to go. I spent some time at an agricultural college and herding sheep is chaotic, honestly. They are not the smartest of animals. No wonder God likens us a little bit to sheep in that sense. We get confused. We follow the flock. And it's amazing. One sheep will jump over nothing and then they all do. One will balk and they all go off in the wrong direction. You've got to kind of shush them back together again. But my shepherd guides me. And David knew that. I love Isaiah 30 and verse 21. When you're facing uncertainty, do I do this? Do I do that? Your own ears will hear him, the prophet says. Right behind you, a voice will say, this is the way you should go. Whenever you want to turn to the left or to the right. We've just finished this week a brilliant thing on hearing the voice of God. And you can follow it. You can do it yourself. If you didn't do it this week, do it again. Honestly, one of the greatest things that can happen to you is you begin to hear God's voice right behind you, not yelling, not screaming, not condemning, but right behind you saying, this is the right way. When you would turn to the left, when you've got that choice to make, when you would turn to the right. And the final thing, and some of you may not like this, but I want you to hear me out on this, is that a shepherd will correct you. He provides, he protects, he guides, but he also corrects. And any time in your life, God will both guide and correct you. And if you reject his correction that comes from a heart of love, my observation is, Life will correct you. 
And that is brutal. When life corrects you, it's a lot more brutal. But when God corrects you, it comes out of love, out of blessing, out of a way of wanting to move you forward so you can get through it. The writer of Hebrews poses this question to us. Have you forgotten his, that is God's encouraging words, spoken to you as his children? Notice, as his children. He says, my child, don't underestimate the value of the discipline and training of the Lord God or get depressed when he has to correct you. Don't underestimate the discipline of God redirecting, challenging, convicting, not to bring you into shame and to guilt. The whole idea of conviction is to get you to turn around and move in the right direction. That's the heart of God so you can walk in His blessing. So you can say with confidence, I am going through it. Not I'm going through it. No, I'm going through this. Peter, talking about the good shepherd in 1 Peter 5 7 says, pour out all your worries and stress on him and leave them there for he always tenderly cares for you. And because he tenderly cares for you, you can go through. You can go through whatever valley you're in, whatever challenge, whatever pressure, anxiety is touching your life. You can go through it. That's your confession. I am going through it. We read the Lord is my shepherd and I focused for a few moments on the concept of shepherd. But I want to highlight the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all I need. The Lord is my shepherd. Whatever else worry is in our lives, it's usually down to a control issue. And the root behind all of our fear, our anxiety, our worry is that we're not in control that we feel control, this illusion that we can control our lives slipping through our fingers. And worry is usually an attempt to think, how can I regain control from this thing that feels runaway in my life? Worry is assuming a responsibility that God never intended for you to carry. If you're running your life without God in your life, you ought to be worried. But if you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've made him the good shepherd of your life. He is your Lord and he is your Savior. Then you can hand all the anxiety, all the worry, all the stress over to him. And I know from personal experience, that's a lot easier said than done. But this morning I'm helping you. I'm helping myself to focus on the word of God, the declaration the Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. And because of that, I'm not going to worry because I'm going through it. You see, the Lord can't be your shepherd until the shepherd is your Lord. And if Jesus is not Lord, then he's not your shepherd. But you can change that in an instant with a quality decision today, right now, to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Accepting Jesus kind of involves three things. It's a decision, but it's a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus in John 10, verse 14 and 27 says, I'm the good shepherd, speaking of himself. I know my sheep and they know me. 
My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. And I want you to catch those three things as we land this. He says, first of all, my sheep know me. Do you know Jesus? Do you know him as Lord and Savior? Do you know him as the good shepherd, healer, provider, deliverer, shield, defender? Do you know him? And then he says, my sheep hear my voice. They listen to me. Honestly, one of the greatest things you can experience as a child of God is hearing God's voice for yourself. And he says, thirdly, it means following. So it's not just a religious decision. It's a life decision. I have decided to follow Jesus. The Apostle Paul says in Romans 10 and verse 9, For if you publicly declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will experience salvation. It's so simple. If you confess with your mouth, believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, that he's a living Savior risen from the dead, you will experience salvation. And you can do that right now. 